a yes man maximum, the first of this contest. Oh, that is brilliant. It's a hero maximum. On the ground, on the ground, another hero maximum. To quote the great Harsha Bogley, If this was a boxing fight, these two teams are in different weight categories. And to quote another great man, our Luxie, If this was a fight, they would have stopped it by now. Welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast. My name is Munter and this is the second edition of our World Cup semi-final special. The massacre of Indian cricket courtesy of a powerful England side. Before we dive into this game, let's hear from Luxie who sent us a voice message at the 12 over mark such as the dominant display England just showed. Yeah, g'day guys. Uh, Luxie here. A bit more of an energetic Luxie on this occasion, sort of 24 hours after the Black Caps, sort of devastating loss and Look, I'm coming to you after only 12 overs in this run chase from England because I'm Alex Hales has just hit another six and I'm that confident England are going to get home that I didn't think we needed to wait. So if anything happens in these next eight overs, a miracle happens for India, I'll jump back on and, and give a wee plug. But as far as I'm guessing, England are sort of going to romp to victory here on the back of a, a Butler and Hales partnership. That's sort of from ball one. Um, hasn't looked like anything but an England victory in this run chase. I think obviously starting with the with the Indian batting and not a bad effort. Like I'm sure there's going to be criticism um, that they they got a 22 too few, um, but I guess it's just a risk you take. I think when you bat first, like there'll be a lot of people saying they haven't timed it well or Coley's gone a touch slow or they left themselves too much work to do at the end. But look, am I going to put my trust in Coley? Absolutely. A hundred out of a hundred times. If he reads the conditions and that's what he comes up with, then I'm going to back him. It's not to say he can't get it wrong or he hasn't got it wrong, but who are you going to trust in these situations if not the king? So I think one thing England done really well is they just limited the really big overs from India. Any time it looked like we might be on the verge of like a real big 15 or 20 run over, it was just going to start the momentum really building for India. They just pegged it back nicely and made them just 9 or 10 run overs. And I think that's probably going to be in the end the difference between sort of the 160 they got and the 180, 190 that maybe would have been a bit more competitive. As for England, just from ball one here in this run chase, obviously Hales... He's built nicely throughout the tournament. He's a world-class player, obviously. He bats well in Australia. Um, got a big bash 100. Very handy in Australia, if you weren't aware. Um, and Butler, obviously. I think we've, we've known he's world-class for a long time now. One of the top picks going into this World Cup. And come with the hour, I guess, and come with the team, because they are now looking very hard to beat. And I think just on that World Cup, I mean... We've asked the World Cup the time and they've made us a watch, but eventually we've found our way to probably the two best teams being in the World Cup final and, and probably how it should be. Two of the better teams going in and I think two of the teams everyone picked to be in that final and it hasn't been smooth sailing, um, but they've got there in the end, I think. So, look, it's, it's very brief from me. Um, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to jump on and give sort of are we preview to the final and what I'm thinking at some point? Um, look for that over the next couple of days. Um, and with sort of with seven overs to go, unless a miracle happens, we're getting Eng- England, Pakistan at the G, and, and I look forward to it. 
So hopefully everyone uh, has enjoyed these couple of semi-finals and, and everyone's up for a big final. As always, just brilliant from our Luxie. Yeah, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends how you look, look at it, it's uh, just myself here tonight uh, doing a wee review of this England. It was a day that sort of started pretty om- ominous for England. You know, when you have two guys ruled out in Mark Wood and Double Milan, um, ruled out through injury. The double Milan one felt like definitely like you don't want a, uh, a top three better, especially with his record, his pedigree, out. But the Mark Wood one felt really massive. It felt like Mark Wood was going to be the sky enforcer, you know, the extra pace. Although in came Chris Jordan, who apparently, according to the, the radar, was bowling almost 150k, which... You know, whether you're a big fan of Jordan or not, I think we can all agree that he's not a bowling 150k. So, yeah. Yeah, and Phil, Phil Salt, who come in, decent player. And he's he's got a wee thanks for coming. One of the more surprising thanks for coming, of course. Uh, let's move on to the toss, which I found very interesting, if I'm honest. All tournament, it's been a case of, you know, bat first. You get around that 160, 170 if you're lucky. And then you squeeze, and you squeeze the life out of the opposition. There was that one time where New Zealand got uh, 200, I remember. remember it quite fondly, actually. Seems like a lifetime ago. Um, but apart from that, it's sort of been around that 160, 70, 180, and then you sort of squeeze, and you'd squeeze them through spin, scoreboard pressure, the pressure of a big World Cup. And then something sort of changed last night in the New Zealand-Pakistan game, apart from my spirits being broken, of course, but... Um, you know, obviously New Zealand won the toss, they better first and we got smoked in it. It definitely looked a lot easier to bat in that second innings, just in the power play especially. Um, it looked like it sort of kissed the surface and Rizwan sort of went a, went a bit harder at the start. So I don't know if that was part of the thought process for Joss Butler because he, he had been winning the toss and batting, um, but it certainly played out that way. So let's sort of talk about Indians and India's innings because it's going to be a bit of a hot topic. Did they go hard enough? All that sort of stuff. And it was sort of broken up into two parts. You've got the first 15 overs where they scored 100 runs, only three wickets down. And then obviously the Pandya show after that, 68 runs in that last five overs. Work started well. Rid of Rahul, which felt like a bit of a shot in the arm to a fast start from India. He's He's been scoring a lot quicker than... Sharma, he's in some good form. A couple of 50s. You know, Coley looked good to start. Um, Rohit Sharma's innings was a bit weird. 27 of 28. He was dismissed. Nine overs in with the score at 56 for two. It's it's funny how like so many players and captains in particular are under the pump. And Rohit doesn't seem to be one of them. Like Finch is under the pump. Williamson under the pump for doing the same sort of thing. Against a far better attack, I must add. Yeah, I don't know. It might be, maybe it's just India's problem in big tournaments. They play all these massive, they play all these bilateral series. You know, they throw up all these records and they're smashing everyone. I know there's a three three match T20 series coming up against New Zealand in New Zealand. I've got no doubt that India will probably win that, pretty convincingly. But you have them in a knockout game. It's it's a different kettle of fish. They don't play with that same fearlessness. It's a bit interesting. You know, England bowled quite well, to be fair. I won't take too much away from them. They they were smart. They bowled in good areas. They made India hit in good areas. I think Lugsy touched on. They were very good at pulling back and over 
quite often India would get a boundary earlier and then India would were very good uh, sorry England were very good at sort of pulling them back and sort of limiting that damage um, but they're not Pakistan like you might think oh Munter you're being a little hypocritical you were sort of praising New Zealand for getting to 150 but you know you're going up against India for getting 168 which is obviously a bigger score but if you compare England's bowling attack to Pakistan, it is chalk and cheese. It really is. Like England, they're a good attack on as a group, but Wokes, Jordan, Stokes, yeah, it's it's nothing compared to Pakistan. So, you know, after that, you know, Sky came in, and Sky's being a revelation. He is a freak. Yeah, it makes me sort of think, is he papering over a bit of Indian cracks? England bowled him to start. Rashid, you know, we'll get to Rashid in a second, but he um, he bowled quite well to start, and then. There was that over with Stokes where Sky started to kick into gear. There was that top edge for six and then a boundary for four. Just just on some of the commentators, just quietly. So so a top edge for six is a top edge for six. Okay. It's not oh Sky is so innovative, he can open he can hit it wherever he's wherever he wants. I guarantee you, he's not tried to hit that over the keepers here for six. Okay, that's a pull shot. He's top edged it at six, okay? Good players at good form can make mistakes. That's okay. Rashid getting him was massive. At this point, it's India, 75 for two, eight overs left, they're going to launch. Okay, so this for me is our piranha play of the game. Not necessarily because that play was like a, a outstanding play. There was all that sort of stuff. A few hail shots were up there. Butler did a bit of stuff. But just it felt like this was a big moment in the game. Rashid was unbelievable we'll, we'll talk about him in a bit but he sort of kept the brakes on Sky for a start and then Sky if that went for six you could just feel like the ball was starting to run for for um for India but to just get him out at that point 75 for three eight overs left that's why for me that's the Piranha play of the day so Piranha grip stock's been good, very good for, to us at TMC non-slip grip technology designed to minimize slipping in your shoe and maximize output designed and tested right here in new zealand by professional athletes the choice of sock for black caps devon conway finn allen michael brassel ish sodi jimmy nisham and white ferns mealy and jess kerr and molly penfold as well as the number one women's bowler in the world sophie eccleston now to celebrate the black caps making the semi-finals Parada have decided to increase their discount for the remainder of the t20 world cup from 15% to 20. Obviously, this is before the Caps got smoke. Um, we're still going to keep that on, thankfully. Um, so, you know, chuck in that code TMC20, that's TMC20, to get 20% off Piranha's latest range. Help Piranha, help us. Okay, so let's let's talk about Rashid, because they asked Morgan in the second innings, are you surprised about the difference in the spin? You know, India's spin has got absolutely sort of waxed and... He was straight up. He was pretty much like not really because it was the wrist. It was a wrist spin with the short boundaries that was gonna do a bit of the damage. Obviously, Rashid, what was it, one for twenty? He, he was very good. He was very dominant, um, particularly to the right-handers. Obviously, didn't no, didn't bowl to a left-hander. Yeah, they they picked Rashad Pant to sort of counteract that, but never got a chance, which was interesting. Livingston, very handy again, just sort of tied up an end. Um, probably disappointed that. For India's perspective, they couldn't have attacked those overs. But, um, you know, if you compare that to 
the finger spinners of XR, XR 4.0s for 30, Ashman 2.0s for 27 just got absolutely waxed. You know, moving on, then it was Coley and Pandy's time to rebuild. Um, Coley, 50 off 40. Look, he was looking really good for a bit. It felt like he was getting starved of the strike towards the end, but, you know, Pandy was doing his thing, so it's not all bad. You know, it's awesome to see him back. He looks good. Some of them cover drives were unbelievable. Um, he just keeps doing it. And then Pandia. So this is about the point where Pandia started to let loose. So they're 100 for 3, 15 overs. To get 68 off that last 5 overs is pretty... That's actually quite something. It? You know, Pandia 63 off 33. He is... Fuck, he is a cool, calm, collective um, guy. He is, he is outstanding. Um, smash Jordan. Smash Curran. Curran sort of looking like the bowler you think he is. Obviously, he's been quite good. Really struggled with the sh- short square boundaries, I found, because he couldn't bowl his, his slower bounces because they'd just go on the crowd. He should do a lot better in, at the MCG. But it made you sort of think, why didn't they go a little earlier? Why don't they go a bit harder a bit earlier? Because, you know, England's bowling attack was under the pump, and obviously, you know, we'll discuss Butler and Hales in a second. But, you know, they just felt like maybe they thought that India's, their own bowling attack, India's bowling attack was a bit better than what it actually is. Um, I'm not too sure. So let's move on to England's innings. So obviously chasing 169 for victory. Very challenging total, you would think. Probably par, just over par. Bit of pressure, maybe. Um, that first over, Butler to Kumar, it felt like everything. There's been a lot of talk about Kumar to Butler, how he's got the wood over him. He's got him like five times in six games or something. I don't know. I might have made that up. But, you know... The thing about Joss Butler is he's so smart. He he's a problem solver. He reminds me if you if you're an NBA fan, he reminds me of sort of LeBron, prime LeBron in the in the playoffs where you throw they throw different looks at him and he just sort of figures it out and then he plays accordingly. You know, one game he might be a scorer, one game he might be a passer. It's the same with Butler. He came out hot, he had about fourteen off that first over, which is not how Butler's been playing normally. He would normally sort of go runnable, runnable, and then explode, let Hales do it, where at the start he thought, we're going to score hard at the start, charge the first ball, made the keeper stand up, yuck look in the international cricket, fast bowler, that's poor. Yeah, so he he came out hard, and then obviously Alex Hales took over from then, and then once Hales took over, Butler sort of reeled it back in, just got his ones, and he let Butler uh, sort of Hales do the rest, and then he caught up later. So just on just on Alex Hales, it's been an awesome sort of story in a way. Obviously, he's made some mistakes, you know, who hasn't? Um, there was that drug test. What what actually happened with Moore? I guess he had that, failed a couple of drug tests and he didn't tell the team, something like that. And then basically, yeah, Morgan was no good. And then once Morgan was out, he sort of came in and now he's interviewing him on TV, sort of funny stuff. Um, you know, maybe the problem is, maybe the problem is Morgan. I don't know. Maybe now that Hales is in, they're in a fight. They're in a final. They lost last year. No Hales, Morgan. I don't know. It's just good to see. Obviously, you know, Lugsy's mentioned he plays well in Australia. They all say it. If they, ha- if you didn't know by now, I don't know what you're doing. He's got a big bat, hundred, lot of runs there. But it's a shame he hasn't been playing. But uh, you know, he's making up for lost time. So it's a great story. Uh, let's let's talk about India's bowling attack because when you basically go to elevens, so. What what did England get? 170 for none after like 16 overs or something. It's absolutely insane, by the way. We've talked about the no wrist spinner. 
Ashwin got pumped against the right-handers. Short, the short square boundaries just struggle for them. The pace attack, they're a bit like New Zealand, where at the start of the tournament, it feels like fool's gold with Kumar and Ashdeep Singh. Ashdeep Singh, to be fair, has a few more strings to his bow, where you can come back in the death and bowl his cutters and things like that. Kumar, he's like Saudi, no swing, no Kumar. Look, if we if we go through the figures, we had it's pretty rough actually. Um, we've got yeah, Kumar two overs for twenty five. Ashdeep Singh two overs for fifteen. Maybe he could have bowled more. Um, Exar Patel four overs for thirty. Actually came back strong, got pumped to start with. Shami three overs for thirty nine. That's rough. Ashwin two overs for twenty seven, and Pandya three overs for thirty four. Yeah, one hundred seventy off sixteen overs. Bloody hell. That's rough. Where, where to for, for India here? Because this is another full of failed, I guess, tournament where it's it's not quite... I mean, obviously I'm giving New Zealand a pass because that's my side, but New Zealand's a bit more of an underdog story where we, we don't... We're not a powerhouse. Like, India run cricket. India run... The, they've got the, be, the best white ball tournament. They've got the best white ball players. The depth is phenomenal. But they just can't get it, get it going. And... They remind me of, I guess, you know, to use a rugby analogy, the All Blacks sort of pre-2011 when they couldn't win a World Cup. It was probably worse for the All Blacks, but it was like, you know, most dominant team in world sport. They would win everything. Tri-Nations, you know, Beaverton, number one team for yonks. But every time it would come around to a World Cup, they would freeze. They, they The free-flowing rugby would stop. And that sort of, that sort of reminds me of, uh, India, where they dominate bilateral series, they smash records, they get 200 regularly, and then they can't do the same. For some reason, they're just sort of, they're kind of playing like New Zealand, but they don't need to, um, in a way. Like, that top three, I think, needs to be looked at. You know, it's good to see Kohli in form, it really is. But KR Rahul and Sharma, those three players together, I don't know if that works. I think one of them has to go. I think you need a dasher in there. I think you need someone to take the pressure off like a Finn Allen. There's plenty of options in India cricket. Um, so that's sort of me. Okay, so let's let's move on to England. Let's do a wee finals preview. We've got England. We've got Pakistan. 1992 vibes. Look, I think we've got the two best teams, like Lugsy said. Um, just a wee pat on the back for, for TMC. This is what we called at the start of the tournament. You know, we've chopped it changed a few times. England, Pakistan, they look the best teams going into it. They've had a different ride. Don't get me wrong. One of them's lost to Ireland. One of them's lost to Zimbabwe. Don't know how Pakistan have got here, but tell you what, two of the best teams you will ever see. You've got probably the best, no, not even probably, this is clearly the best batting side in the comp, and it's not close, but they've got to go against Pakistan's bowling on a big MCG. That is mouth-watering stuff. Let's talk about matchups. Shaheen Afridi versus Joss Butler. I mean, doesn't that just get you fired up for this game? I tell you what, who am I going to pick? That's a tough one. I'm going to ride the wave. I'm going to suggest that Pakistan will win. I don't know. I, I don't trust England's middle order as of yet. I can't see Harry Brook. I can't see Phil Salt. Can't see living Liam Livingston digging it like getting us getting that side over the line under pressure if it gets tight against this Pakistan lineup. 
those big boundaries, you can't just hit, you, hit, hit your way out of it. But if Butler gets go, fuck, anything can happen. So that's all I've got for you. So that's the last of our um, semi-finals, I guess, reviews. If you, if you enjoyed them, give us a rate and review. We're sitting on about 146, five stars for Spotify. Would love to get to that big daddy 150 and then move on to a wee double ton, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, that's me. And we'll see you around finals time.